Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of CX Leadership Talks. And this episode is all about moments. You might think, why should we talk about moments as CX leaders? I think this is crucial because there's four major reasons why you as a CX leader have to think about moments. Because think about where can you deliver and design powerful moments for customers? How to use moments in your change program for colleagues and leaders? How to use moments for maybe elements in your team? And well, this is an extra bonus in your life. So today I am giving my take on the book, The Power of Moments from Dan and Chip Heath. Let's get cracking. In the age of the customer, many companies and organizations fall short in meeting the needs and wants of their customers, let alone exceeding them. And it's time to change that. Welcome to CX Leadership Talks. Our passion is to be a catalyst for you and your organization as a customer experience leader to help understand, design, and improve experiences across the entire customer journey and the customer lifetime. It's time to spice up your CX leadership, and we've got the pro who's going to talk you through it. This is CX Leadership Talks, and now your host, Ninka Bloom. So... Thank you so much for listening again and my fifth episode and we're really cracking it. Thank you so much for your comments, for your likes, uh, for engaging with me in the conversation of customer experience management and your leadership in that. I am here to help you become a better CX leader and spice up your leadership. And today we are I am, and you are listening, um, exploring the power of moments. And in introduction, I already, already told you how you can use this knowledge. And for me, I think it's also good to see a little bit of the backstory, because already for years, I think, I don't know even how many years ago, I read the book uh, Thinking Fast and Slow from Daniel Kahneman. Um, and well, I think it's kind of like a difficult book. Uh, I don't know how you experienced it, but I really like the TED talk he gives on the different uh, difference of experience and the memory of experience. And I will put the link to the YouTube in the show notes. But I think what's most interesting for me is we experience things every day. Let's talk about ourselves first to, to understand the concept. Because we have experiences every day. Uh, we wake up, we do our things, we have our team uh, or Webex or Zoom meetings all day. And we, we just have experience all day. But then remember, what do we truly remember? Think of what team meetings of last week do you truly remember? This is not good or bad, but it is the difference between experience and the memory of experience. Our customers experience elements every day. Let's, well, last time, uh, Edwin, my last episode, Edwin Code uh, uh, of uh, uh, Allianz, he was my guest. Uh, and for insurance companies, what are the experiences they have? They get their um, their letters, their emails, their newsletters, uh, and, and maybe interact with the contact center. Uh, and then what do they truly remember? Probably, especially in insurance, I've worked with insurance for 13 years, is that um, when they have uh, a serious issue, when they have a car crash or a fire in their house and how it's solved. And I think these are important elements to see what 
are really memories of experience that we in our customer journeys have. And I think for us as CX leaders, especially looking at our customer's experience, uh, there are three questions we have to be able to answer. The first one, it's about looking back and seeing the present. What is or are the moments that our customers truly remember? So this is not what you get out of your transactional surveys. This is what you get about your um, from your uh, relational surveys or brand uh, NPS or CSAT surveys or from your interviews. This is very important because this is what lasts forever in the memory of your uh, customers. And this is also what they will be talking about on birthday parties. This is not just for the B2C. This is also for B2B. Um, then taking more future and strategic position when you look at that you want to design, what is a moment that you want your customers to remember? So not looking back whether they're remembering now, but when you design your future state experience, what do you, what is this moment or these moments that you say, these are, this is how we want them to remember us as an organization or us um, in our interactions. Um, and then the third question, and that dives a little bit deeper on the former question is, what do you want them to feel, think, say, and do? after this moment. Yes, dive deeper. And, and I think, for example, using an empathy map is great. When you look at Daniel Kahneman, of course, he found out the peak end rule. What do we remember? What are our memories of experiences? The peak, so those elements that are really well done or really badly done, um, and the end experience. Um, I think it's important to know these elements because in CX, uh, we are often seeing that there's many programs internally that are working on, for example, improving some elements in the customer service, the contact center, and then we're improving it from a 7.1 to a 7.2. I think this is really where we need to put some attention on what are these really peak moments that we really want to well, design. So that is where the book, The Power of Moments, come in. And that's why I love this book. It's so very practical, gives all these examples. I'm going to use some of the elements of the book, but I'm also going to add some of the elements I know from my practice um, as where I mentor CX leaders, um, because you have to be able to answer those three questions uh, and use the knowledge of the power of moments to design good moments, but also deliver on them. Uh, and you can use these also for your change programs uh, to engage leaders and colleagues around the movement towards customer centricity. So know that in the podcast, in the next couple of uh, minutes, I'm going to use every time the lens of the customer experience to improve, to, to, to design those moments, but also your change programs. Um, for me, it's really important that you should see to see where you can scale those elements. Those are my favorite, but never forget random acts of kindness. Those are the ones that are not scaled, but purely based on personal connection and elements and the freedom of employees. Well, Dan and Chip Heath, they say it's important to build peaks and read the book to dive deeper into that. Um, and of course, we, we know that. We want to go into the how and the what and create those positive moments that are epic. Epic, yes. Um, this is an acronym. And for me, I love acronyms. Many people that know me. Uh, and epic stands for elevation, that moments have elevation, pride, insights and connection. In the book, they put it in uh, in EYPC, so elevation, insights, pride and connection, but I just love acronyms. So I'm going to use EPIC because I think it makes this memorable 
Um, and uh, that is important for you because this is knowledge that you can use. I use it a lot, especially, and I'm going to already give a little hint, the tripping over the truth part. So let's go into elevation first, number one, because this is how you can use it for customer experience and for your change program. Uh, when they dive into the moments of elevation, they say moments of elevations are those experiences that rise above the everyday. Times to be savored. Moments that make us feel engaged, joyful, amazed, and motivated. They are peaks. So elevation is this moment where you feel it in your belly and you feel happy. So for And, and there are some elements in it. Um, so first of all, it's about building peaks. And what I love in the book is that they talk about the mass Magic Castle Hotel in L.A. Um, and what this is just a, a normal, maybe even a little outdated hotel, but they have decided that they're not going to improve everything, but they um, the uh, manager gives the employees a lot of freedom to surprise guests. But most important, what a lot of people say is that they have the Popsicle hotline. It's a red telephone. Uh, and um, when you pick that up, later a waiter comes wearing white gloves and comes bring your ice cream Popsicle on a silver platter and it's for free. When I read it in the book, I thought, well, and this is what, customers remember and this is what customers come for um, when you look and in, in, in the book they are telling that it's one of the three best hotels in LA um, and that was in 2017 and I'm now taping this in June 2023 and I decided to research it myself and it still has a 4.7 rating on Google and people still mention the popsicle hotline I think this is really about not improving everything. Uh, and when, especially when you dive deeper into what people are saying, they are mentioning the Popsicle hotline and what the staff are doing and they're smiling and that they're connecting with the customers. So, and this is also where um, Ben and Chip Heath give us this huge warning um, because they say that the biggest risk in organization is the element of reasonableness. So, People might find it too much effort to do something and they erase the moment. So imagine somebody from Lean coming in, looking at the Popsicle hotline says, well, that can, be do that can be done cheaper. What we can do is just put in like a freezer and people can take it out themselves. And whoosh, gone is the moment. So be aware of the monster of reasonableness because if you want to have true elevated moments, you cannot make it maybe very lean. Maybe you can if you know those elements, but I think we have to really truly see where do we want to stand out and what have to be these moments that are memorable. So um, there are three elements that are important for uh, elevating the moments. First of all, it's boost sensory appeal. Um, Think of, um, for example, when you have uh, your wedding or you have a fun party where you all dress up special clothing. It is about giving um, other elements. So giving it a sensory could be smell, could be a feeling. What I love about the popsicle hotline is that your popsicle comes out on a silver tray and it's handed up with white gloves. You will remember this because it's so different and it, it you can see it, feel it, and it's different. When um, in change programs, what I would really love um, and to see what I, for example, see in the project, what I saw in the project hashtag 99 of MultiChoice in South uh, Africa is they handed out fun T-shirts and giveaways. So every time when um, customer changes and customer problems were fixed, 
uh, they handed out these goodies. And when I was visiting Zappos um, in Las Vegas headquarters in 2019 to learn from them, I saw they all had these gadgets uh, that people were walking around with and they were boosting sensory appeal in many, many ways. I still have um, one of their T-shirts. I have one of their uh, license plates. Um, it works and it gives this moment elevation. The second one is raising the stakes. So it is adding an element of productive pressure. For example, a game, a performance, a deadline, public commitment or accountability. And I think this is, um, I have an example. Uh, what, what you see when you work together on, uh, and you make it a little bit excitement, um, we have our customer experience game and uh, we play it as one-offs in large conferences, but also we um, have it in change programs. And what we see is, that we, what we do a little bit of, uh, I'm going to have the game later in the year to talk a whole edition on CX and gamification. But we let teams battle against each other, find solutions, um, find out what reviews are they saying, um, draw on customers. Um, and what we hear even years after is that people still remember the game. And let's be honest, how many workshops do you host? Um, and many of them are often forgotten. So this is where you can raise the stakes. Um, gamification in change programs, and I will link to the CX game in show notes, especially if you think this would be uh, a great element that you can use in your change programs, because we can train you to be a trainer trainer and use this great tool where you raise the stakes um, and give some productive pressure, and of course, have a winner later. I think these are elements that we have to see where we can do that, uh, especially in, uh, well, I think raise the stakes when you look at uh, customer elements. Those people that are waiting in line for new Nikes, they've raised the stakes. Um, they give it a public commitment and th those elements. So, But for me, most important in your change program, see where you can add those. So next to boost sensory appeal and raising the stakes, it's about breaking the script. What do people remember? is when it's different than from other elements. Um, and we probably all know the example of Yoshi um, uh, at the hotel. And I think that is still one of the better examples. But I thought also what I love is the example of Pret-a-Manger that they're giving in the book. Is what they do at Pret-a-Manger, they um, have spontaneous gifts, um, but not consistently, but employees, um, have the freedom to give a number of hot drinks and food items every week, and they can give it free to whoever they like. So most customers, one third of customers have already experienced that. Um, and I think this is also where you have to arrange it and then enable others to do that. It's like a random act of kindness uh, that people some really, really like. It's this little handwritten note that you receive. If it's done all the time, it's not breaking the script. Um, so for me, a personal experience in 2017, I flew with Emirates business class and um, I got an upgrade to first class. Well, talk about breaking the script. But what I really loved is that Miriam in the first class really connected with me. Um, and what she did was for me really special. She took out a Polaroid camera, took a picture of me because she asked, I was taking all these selfies and she asked, oh, do you print those pictures out? And I'm like, nope. We mostly don't. Um, and she took this picture of me, put it into a really nice folder, branded with Emirates, of course, 
Um, and it, for me, it's still standing here on my desk. Uh, I never expected it. I really love it. And it has this physical remember. So it elevated the moment for me. When you look at the theory, what they say, three all adding all three of them, boost century appeal, raise the stakes and break the script would be great. But most have two. Think about these elements where you can elevate those moments. Then we go to moments of pride. So we've had elevation. Now we go to pride. And moments of pride, is those are the moments that lift us above the everyday. So they spark discoveries about our world and ourselves. So they capture us at our best showing courage, earning recognition, and conquer challenges. And how to design, there are actually uh, three elements in it. So first of all is recognizing others. And let's be honest, we all remember those. For example, I, I, I won an award um, at my uh, company, Fortis Azer. I still have it. But it's also about praise. And what I found very painful is that 80% of supervisors say they frequently express appreciation, but only 20% of employees experience it. Oh my goodness, this needs our attention, but maybe this is more for the HR department, but we have to give some praise, I think. For me, first of all, examples I think we could use in change programs. Um, it's not the employee of the month, but award shows, they work. I know many companies that have award shows and Almost all of them really work, especially when you have employees that can give, uh, that can nominate others. What I love about the award show, for example, that Aegon used to have, is that everybody in the organization could win something, not just customer-facing people. Uh, the show was in the Netherlands, and there was a whole, uh, there was a true script of, of how you uh, could participate. Uh, you had to send in your uh, your project or why or the colleague that uh, needed to win. Uh, and then there were several uh, categories. Everybody wa uh, flew in. There was a huge award show in the entrance hall. And then also there was the one Aegon Award. That was for the team that used an ID from another team and put it to work. Um, there were great gifts. It was fun. And also the people that won, um, you could see that it made them proud. Uh, I see many CX uh, award shows and I love it. Also, uh, maybe for you, go for an International CX Award. Do you know that you can still send in your, um, uh, your cases? Because how about you and your team winning an award? It would give this moment of pride. And I know, for example, that a team of Vattenfall that won the best CX team last year, um, it really gave them also the appreciation internally and externally and boosted their authority. So I'll a link to it in the show notes. So if you want to know more, uh, you can read over there. Know that I'm the ambassador and I'm with the host of the show this year. And I think it's a great way for your team to get recognition you deserve, right? Um, the other one is multiply milestones. Um, for example, we all know uh, the 0 to 5K from couch to 5K. For example, I have an app and use it to improve my running. This is also multiply um, these milestones. Use these for your programs. Give the milestones ahead so people know where you're heading. Take people along on the action. For example, just an idea of the voice of the customer. You know you need to call back uh, and close the loop with these customers. They, the first quarter we're going to call all the customers that are detractors, the zeros to sixes, you put time in the agenda, maybe even at, at, uh, in the evening and, and engage leaders. 
Um, then at the end of the quarter, you're going to um, evaluate and see what the learnings are. And you, you have a plan already because the next quarter you're going to call back um, the promoters. And then the third quarter, you're going to call back the neutrals. And then you have those milestones. And then the fourth uh, uh, quarter, you're going to improve and see the friction hunting. And so you create these buildups. I think we need to experiment with this more. Um, multiply milestones. Uh, I think this is also, especially when you look at uh, 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 well, the Flying Blue program from KLM, your loyalty, uh, build up milestones. If you do this, you get more. But I'm, I'm really curious how you think we could apply this in CX. So if you have examples, I would love that. So now we've looked into recognize others, multiply milestones, and then the third one is practice courage. I want to make it a bit, little bit personal. Remember those moments when you did something courageous? You, you remember those, right? Those moments of pride. For me, uh, very recently, I took my first Harvard course. Uh, I learned so much and it was this aha moment that I, I was so courageous that I went for it and also later went to Harvard myself in Boston uh, because I have a dream of becoming a lecturer, guest lecturer at Harvard. So I need to put some courageous steps in there and I just did it. But also that moment that, for example, I landed my first international speaking engagement where this is in 2015, where I courageously put out a proposal without even having a website, but just I was just keeping track and contacted the customer all the time. And I felt I still remember that one, but also walking the Via Francigena a thousand kilometers in Italy during the pandemic and writing my second book, CX is a pilgrimage about it, I think putting out courage, um, and, and they make you proud in your change program. I think this is also where you can put some people in the spotlight that have practiced courage. For example, that leaders that did call customers, make sure that you have them write a blog and put the spotlight on them and challenge other leaders to do it too uh, and make a program of it in the end. And I'll come back to that in one of the next pillars. So practice courage is something that you need to do as a CX leader if you don't do it, nobody else will. Um, and I know that in the end, you're going to be proud of that. So those are the elements of moments of pride, recognizing others, multiply milestones and practicing courage. And the third element is that moment of insight. So you have EPIC, E-P-I. So we're now at the I. And for me, this is on when you read the book, uh, The Power of Moments. This is on how to deliver realizations and transformations because some insights are small but meaningful um it's a position sometimes from a darkness that you're like in in and then you have this moment where you're like oh yeah i need to change something but also you have these eureka high moments um and i think these are elements that um that are very insightful for me this is my ever faith and this is why i think you should read this book uh, and it comes now when I read this book, I, I read this book and I was on page 99 and I had my Eureka moment. So here it comes. This is the best of the whole book. Uh, and you have to listen to the rest of the podcast too, of course. But hey, if you already come here, this is the most important. Tripping over the truth. Dear listener, remember this. You have to others in your change programs. Let them trip over the truth. Because I, in my career, have explained so many times that, for example, customers were complaining or the way that we were handling complaints was not a good way. Or I um, saw 
that leaders were taking decisions that were not very customer centric and I was telling them so. And it didn't work and I never understood why it didn't or most important, I didn't know how to do it in a different way and now I know because the inside of the book is about tripping over the truth. So they introduced a shit story and you might think, who, Nika, that's not maybe very valid for the podcast and my assistants have others read it, so please read it. But this is, um, it's a great story. I think what's most important um, when you let uh, others experience things themselves that they have a clear insight that's compressed in time and it's discovered by the audience or the person itself. So um, I have an example in a large leadership conference I hosted. I speak a lot at leadership conferences um, about customer centricity and I want leaders to experience it themselves. You can let them read reviews. Uh, the only thing is, especially when things are not really um, brilliant in the organization, it doesn't make a happy situation. But on the other hand, it is important to let others read reviews so they can see what's going on. But I did another thing. We uh, with the event team, one of the things we were talking about is that the leaders really could not make a connection with customers and were not curious enough and didn't make good interviewers. Um, so what we did is that we wanted to have them have customer interviews. But it was also since we knew that, and they, but they thought themselves they were really good at it, right? So they were very customer-centric. We call this the unconscious incompetent. And when people are in this phase, which in many organizations people are, it is important that they find out themselves that there are things to learn. So what we did, we created a carousel of four work formats. And one of the work formats is interview a customer. Uh, I was a customer also with this, or, or am a customer with this organization. Um, so the leaders sat, um, we had a total of 60 leaders. So every carousel moment, there were 15. So they were sitting in a circle, or like half circle, and there was a seat in the middle. And then I came and sat in the middle. And people were looking, but you just gave a keynote. Are you a customer? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Are you truly, which is a really weird question, especially when nobody asked me if I was a customer before, but hey, yeah, I'm a customer. And within seconds, they were giving me all kinds of questions uh, or, uh, about their products to see if they could sell more. And it felt so uncomfortable for me as a customer, but also for them as a leader. And this was them tripping over the truth that wait, they were just having a transactional conversation, not a relational one. And letting others trip over the truth is so important because you have to have others get the insight. So this is important um, where others listen in, in contact centers, where you have them visit customers or have customer events. Let others trip over the truth instead of you telling them. Know that in my advanced program that I'm hosting again in November here in the Netherlands, I'm talking a lot about this and examples that I have for CX leaders. Then the second element of moment of insight is stretch for insight. Um, and it, it just places ourselves in situations that involve the risk of failure. And this is, yeah, I think it's important in the book they give some more personal examples, but I want to focus on CX, right? Um, and I think this is in a change program. What we see is... Uh, for example, Edwin Code in the last uh, episode, it's really about engaging customer experience and engaging leadership. 
um, that you shouldn't make it a, a one-off, that you create a situation that they that leaders know, oh, oh, I have to go out and I know it's not going to be easy. Know that no leader really wants to call customers. I, I don't know many. Um, and Edwin Code said that he created the customer awareness campaign. And I think that was a brilliant example of how he had leaders in half a year learn about CX, visit a customer, do uh, uh, go through a customer journey themselves, like customer safari, um, listen into the contact center, look at reviews. So they find, yeah, you know, they tripped over the truth, but also they were stretched for insight because they had to have conversations. So this is also what really works, for example, at Vattenfall, where leaders call back complaints themselves. It really stretches them from for insights. Like it's not easy for them because maybe they don't know all the information. They don't know really how to solve it, but still they have to go and call. Know that in my CX Leadership Mastermind, in my mentor calls, I also have these elements because I challenge my mentees, the, the CX leaders, to go out of their comfort zones. And I know they can do it. I know they can go out to senior leadership. I know they, they could um, uh, put elements out there uh, and, and create this change program with a good frame um, and I give them the reassurance and tell them I believe in them. And these are three elements that are very important in the mentoring is that you put out high standards and assurance. I give them direction and support and enhance self-insight. So they in, get the insights themselves. And I find it very important for CX leaders to find a support system that helps you, that put out these high standards and um, that you deliver on your promises. Stretch for insights, people. So... The moment of insight, the eye of epic, let others trip over the truth and, and stretch for insight. I think it's really, really important that we design these elements. And then the fourth, the last one, the C, it's moments of connection. It's, it's these social moments where our relationship with others is deepened. So it's not our regular team, Zoom, or WebEx meetings. They're often transactional. But what if they become relational? Then it adds meaning. And um Again, these, this element has two parts. So first of all, it's about creating shared meaning. And in many programs, this is this often lacks, like you know, we need to cut costs. This is not um, a shared meaning. So this is, for me, I think Patagonia is one of the good examples lately. And, and there's many purpose-driven uh, companies. Um, but Patagonia, what I love, what they say, our purpose is to protect our home planet. We're all a part of nature. I researched this a little bit. And every decision we make is in the context of the environmental crisis challenging humanity. We work to reduce our impact, share solution, and embrace generative practices. And the shared meaning is one, but you also have to deliver on it. And when you look at the CEO, um, that he gave back all his proceeds and I think all his earnings, I think this is where we connect with brands um, so you can create a shared meaning for your customers, see where that is, but also in your change programs. Um, what I see in customer-centric change programs, we cannot just do a one-time sharing of the why and, and the change story, but we have to repeat it again and again and create shared main, meaning and make it sound good. Um, have conversations and create a bond around the why um, because people like it to do good and, uh, and to work on uh, shared meaning and well one of the examples that also that they say there's peak moments in life uh, and this is where people connect over uh, uh, 
the shared meaning. Because when you look at the lives that we have, if organizations show that they care, um, it, it, it gives shared meaning. And I love the example of the CEO who writes birthday cards. It's a tradition that started back in 1985 when Belfour Holding CEO Sheldon Yellen, he only had like a small staff. And it really grew uh, from 19 people to 9,200, what I found in research, in 34 countries. And he it kept writing birthday cards for his employees because he says, these are moments that matter and I'm going to create shared meaning in these ones. I think they all love it to receive it. And I don't know any other company that does that. So that's the first element of moments of connection is create shared meaning. And the other one is deepening ties. Um, and deepening ties, according uh, to psychologist Harry Rice, responsiveness uh, deepens ties. So it's about mutual understanding, validation, and caring. And I think this is how can you deepen ties with customers? And I think this is what we can do at this moment of despair. When somebody sends in a complaint or a bad review, and when we feel that we are just a number, this is where we can act. Um, uh, for example, I, I, I experienced this myself lately. Is uh, I have um, uh, my mother uh, lives on the island, and I go with the ferry a lot of the times. And somehow there was something wrong with my with my card, and I could not go. So I needed to buy a different ticket, which was very expensive. Where I thought I already had paid for it, but didn't work out at uh, the lady that was well letting me in with my car, and I was in a hurry. And then they sent me a survey, uh, what I thought about the transaction. And I told them, I thought it was crappy. She was not nice. Uh, she didn't help me. And it cost me a lot of money. And the day after, and I didn't expect anything. I don't know with you, but when I put in uh, my feedback, uh, I already have done this for the last eight years, about 850 times. And only seven organizations have got it back to me, I think, Closing the loop should be an episode on its own. Uh, but they called me back uh, and they listened to me. So uh, when you look at mutual understanding, validation and caring. So mutual understanding, she called me to understand um, what the situation was. Um, she validated what the issue was so that it cost me money, that I felt unappreciated. Um, and then she cared because she solved the problem. I didn't have to go all the way to Tessel to get a new a uh, special card for the ferry, but she sent it to me um, with, by the way, a new picture. My old picture was looking really bad. Um, and also she put in an apology and she gave me some coins for some free coffee and uh, cake on the ferry. I felt recognized and I felt really understood. So this deepened my tie with the organization. I think we can do this much better and we need to put our effort in it. Um, I also think, uh, and when you look the book, read the book, uh, they also talk about deepening ties with colleagues. And they have the example uh, to combat the silo mentality. Please go to page 249. I'm not going to read it out loud. You have to do some work yourself, right? Buy the book and read it for yourself. But I think wrapping it all up. So looking at this, we're already in it for more than 30 minutes. Um, we, as CX professionals, have to have a different approach. We should not improve everything, but what are these moments that we can be there for our customers that are memorable, um, 
that we create these peaks and they we think about how we can use the knowledge of Dan and Chip Heath about the epic, the moments of elevation, pride, insights and connection. Uh, and it really helped me to make my courses better, but also help my leaders do better. And my call to you, think about those four questions I raised in the beginning uh, about CX and see if you maybe already can answer them where and if you don't have the answer, work the next couple of months to find those answers and steer your programs around it. And if you have those answers, use also the epic uh, elements to create better change programs um, and see where you can design and deliver uh, and let others trip over the truth. Dear people, this is my major insight. If you want to know more about how um, I work on leadership engagement with customer experience leaders, know that I'm working on a large CX Leadership Retreat in Bali, September 2024. If you already want to know more, reach out. If you're looking for a speaker on customer experience, um, it's already bookings for the next year because this year is almost fully booked. Um, reach out. Know that information is in the show notes about the book, about the video on um, uh, of Daniel Kahneman, also the International CX Awards. Um, and please buy the book of Dan and Chip Heath, The Power of Moments. I think it's one of the better books in CX and it's so practical. And that's why I love it, because this is my brand promise, how I'm going to make customer experience work. All info in the show notes. I'm going to wrap it up. Please let me know if you like this podcast, giving it your love and your likes, whether you're listening it on Podbean or iTunes or um, on our favorite Spotify I'm here for you um, and I'm sending you a big hug uh, and love from the Netherlands. Know that uh, I'm here to spice up your CX leadership and I'm wishing you a fabulous day. You've been listening to CX Leadership Talks. Ninka is a customer experience speaker and educator. She has written books and spoken and educated leaders all around the world. She's one of the global thought leaders in the field. We hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can also find us on YouTube and LinkedIn and ninkabloom.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on CX Leadership Talks.